This edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Marketplace Rock, a business of intercessory prayer for businesses. Learn more at MarketplaceRock.com. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, co-founder and co-host. Here's this week's interview by my partner, John Ramstead. All right, today on the Eternal Leadership Podcast, we have Stacy Hankey. Stacy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, John. Now, I know you have kind of a little bit shorter time frame than we usually have. So we're going to, guys, we're going to just jump right into some amazing um, content. A good friend of mine, Dale, who was at a, uh, a network of advisors that just work with executives, leaders. It's called the C-Suite. And... Um, you guys had a conversation, and Dale shared with me how you, you that you just wrote a book called Influence Redefined. And I know we talk a lot about leadership. We talk a lot about influence, and this is a fascinating topic. This is something Stacy is an expert on and a thought leader in. And Stacy, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about kind of where everything is today, how this came together, and, and what your message. Um, to other leaders, what you're training other leaders on right now, uh, sharing with them as, as we kind of dive in. Yeah, the book really got created off of 15 years of the company working with directors to CEOs, specifically John, on the topic of influence. And what we realized over the years, whether we're doing our workshops, my keynotes, one-on-one coaching, that most individuals believe they're more influential than they really are. And there's several reasons for that. And this is how the book is based off of what I call the three drivers of influence. The first reason is most of our feedback is flawed. Most of the time when we ask, how did I do? What do you think? Especially the higher up an organization you grow, that feedback is good, nice job, which is totally fake. You know, that at some point, I, I think individuals don't have the confidence to really tell us what's going on. That's challenge number one. Challenge number two. Well, number got- one comes from, well, comes from the fact that I think a lot of people are very reluctant to share 100% of the truth. They are. Or we but- don't even know how to set up feedback. And I talk a lot about you need to prepare the feedback before you go into a conversation. Ask someone, what are you asking for feedback on? Have them watch you do that during a conversation, a meeting, whatever it may be, and then get the feedback. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they don't know how to give feedback. So that's challenge number one. I'm sure you can relate to this, John, just with the people that you work with, that most of us believe if I know my topic, it's easy. If I feel good, if I'm comfortable, I communicate all the time, therefore I'm good. And there's no truth behind that. So the purpose of the book and the title reflects this influence redefined is I really redefine what influence is and what it is not. And it's not this concept of we turn on influence, we turn on our, our communication skills when the stakes are high. Here's what influence is, and this is really how the book kicks off and starts. Influence means that our body language and our messaging is consistent Monday to Monday. That people never have to guess who's showing up, how you show up, whether it's a virtual conversation, whether it's like a podcast interview we're doing this morning, everyone knows who to expect. The second part of influence is you've got this ability to move people to action long after the interaction occurs. 
And that's where the book starts. It defines what influence is. And then I get into how do you make sure that Monday to Monday, you truly are moving people to act on your recommendation. Well, okay, two great points here, um, body language and messaging, because, you know, when we hear, when we're in a conversation with somebody, um, you know, physically, one-on-one, only 7% of what we think about is our words. 55% is that body language, 38% is that tone of voice. So, and if those are not in alignment, what I'm hearing from you, we lose all of our credibility, which means we lose all of our influence, don't we? We do. And when what's crazy, I mean, I even ask any listener that's listening right into the podcast right now, how many conversations when you're especially a high stakes conversation, are you really thinking about, I wonder how my voice is coming across? I wonder what I'm doing with my eyes. We don't think that way. We think about if I know my content, some of us believe the more I talk, the more knowledgeable I will sound. And all of that is such a misbelief, but we've trained our subconscious to go off of our effectiveness based on how we feel rather than what is fact. If I feel good, I must be good. And that's not the case. I talk a lot about get comfortable being uncomfortable. And that should be a constant, whether it's you're learning as a leader to be more influential, whatever you might be improving as a leader to get people to follow, trust, and respect you, you, you've got to be uncomfortable to continuously learn. There's a powerful quote by John Addison. He's the CEO of Prime America. His latest book is titled Real Leadership. And in the book, he talks about this whole idea of you got to be uncomfortable as a leader. Anytime that he was uncomfortable, that's where he had the greatest success. However, however, everyone defines that. And one of his quotes, John says, people don't follow you because of what you say. They follow you because of what you do and who you are. And that to me is all in the experience of when you show up, how do people experience you during What reputation have you created before you even enter the room or the conversation? And then what do you leave behind? All of those being effective, that's where influence starts to occur. And what does it look like for somebody to kind of recognize some of those areas that are not comfortable, um, that maybe might be good for them to actually be trying to move into more often in, in what they do and how they do it? A lot of times the discomfort is a lot around body language because we don't think about it. I'll give you an example, an analogy in a moment. And the other piece is more than not, I experience individuals that say too much. They ramble. They use words that are out of context and fill. Well, you start now suddenly focusing on saying less. That's very uncomfortable. It's very similar to a tennis lesson a golf lesson, it's suddenly you've been playing tennis, John, for 10 plus years, a pro comes in and starts coaching you and changing the way your behaviors have naturally occurred when you swing the tennis racket. When that happens and you start messing with someone's muscle memory, that's exactly where our subconscious goes into this discomfort. The challenge there for a leader is we perceive, well, if I'm uncomfortable, then I must be effective. And you and I both know that when you're uncomfortable, that is, there's a good probability that you are growing in that moment. Yeah. Another one is that, you know, I teach a lot about 
look at people on purpose. This whole idea of only speak when you see eyes. Look at people when you talk. And a lot of people are ingrained with the behavior of eye contact. I'm supposed to look at everyone. Or I look down, I talk to my phone, I, I tend to look away when I'm talking to someone. Will you start bringing someone's attention to that particular skill, discomfort will sit in. And that's usually where my clients, some of my clients will give up because they, they can't get over this feeling of, well, it doesn't feel good, therefore it must not be good. Well, you've got to take some steps back, especially when you're talking about influence. Yeah. It's going to be a constant discomfort knowing that once you get down the new habit, the new behavior, whatever that might be, your challenge that you're trying to improve, it is always so much better on the other side. And, and you talked about, you know, influences also that ability to move people to action after we've had an interaction or a conversation. And what are the key elements that, that allow somebody to have that kind of influence? Because that's, that's really leadership. That to me is leadership. I think it it's comes down to clarity of message, that every conversation you have with this individual who moves people to action long after the interaction occurs, they, they're able to connect and engage with you from the minute you start to the minute that they end. You hear every word they speak, you, you, you understand the why behind the words, they're interesting. You want to stay listening to them. The distractions are fewer or minimized, sometimes eliminate it. Because if individuals can't hear your message, there's no way you're going to have influence on them long after that interaction has occurred. I think it comes down to one big challenge that we live in this world today, John. We live in a whole new world of work called noise. I mean, how many messages have you already, and this is, this is being recorded early in the morning, how many messages you've already received today? Oh, and to be influential, exactly, I shouldn't even have brought it up. Well, you know, it's the end of a long weekend, and I've responded to a couple of emails that are urgent, but I'm just looking at my, I haven't looked at it yet, but I have 167 unread emails. I don't even know what else is you know, this, it's, you know, uh, the virtual Monday morning here, right? Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, there is. There's tons of noise and pressure. There's people calling, texting, uh, Facebook messages. I mean, when you run a, a big company, there's the people communicate across so many different channels. Mm-hmm. And it's standing out from that noise. I mean, think about how your reputation is created before you even hit send to your email. I mean, your, your receiver knows your reputation before they even get your email. And it's what can we do, body language, what can we say to make sure that we stand out from the noise, to first grab the attention, to be heard, and then for that listener to act upon your recommendation. That's going to take a lot of focus, work, and I don't think this is something John you can read my book and you're done, you're accomplished. You can watch my videos and done, you're forever cured. To me, it's I give everyone the resource, every practical how-to to make sure that they're constantly practicing this. But the work is in you've got to get to that tennis court. You've got to be practicing. And it's a lifelong learning. And some people will do it and others won't. But I do think the bottom line is that influence is a choice. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Influence is a choice, and and you know what the the cost of influ- there's there's a cost to be able to be influential, and the the rent on that right 
is due every day. There, we have to be accountable to be working in these areas. We have to be growing in those. And what is it? What do you think that looks like to actually start taking action to develop more influence, Stacy? Yeah, accountability is the third driver to influence. Again, I shared with you, feedback's the first, then practice, and it's a it's a triangle. Feedback sits on the left, our left side of the triangle. Practice is on the right. And then accountability sits on the bottom. I talk a lot about, I don't think you can improve, enhance your influence by yourself. I really believe in accountability partners. And that may be someone in your personal life, your professional life. I have accountability partners. I've got coaches to make sure that I am always practicing my skill sets. Because I'm like everyone else. I'll learn a skill. And maybe that's the looking people directly in the eyes. But then I'll pick up another bad habit. And this is a part of being a lifelong process. The number one piece besides an accountability partner is to start audio recording yourself, start video recording yourself, and that will be the best way to accelerate your development. And it's so simple, John. We have the technology to do this. I'll give the listeners some ideas here. You're on a call. Press record on your iPhone, your iPad. You don't record your client, obviously, for confidential reasons. I've got another client that he meets with his team once a month. He wanted to make sure as a leader of that group that making sure he was always the best that would show up. And he started to video record himself in their monthly meetings. And that's how he would explain it to the team. Well, before long, his team started to see the benefit of what was happening to his level of influence and how he showed up and stayed showed up that now they are recorded in that meeting and expected to watch it. I highly, I I don't think we can improve who we are if we're not regularly experiencing ourselves through the eyes and ears of our listeners. And video and audio is the only way I know how to do that. You know, that reminds me, Stacey, uh, when I was uh, uh, working at a Fortune 100 company on the management team, that is actually how we did our training. We would role play some of the most critical meetings we had with some of our most largest influential global 1,000 clients. Yes. And you, you know, you sit there and you interact with our team. We had our chairman of the board of this big, huge public company and CFO who were playing the other client. Um, and this was just to make us better. And I thought, man, this was, uh, man, I did great today. And I'm watching the video. We watched the video together and people gave feedback as we did things, little mannerisms, habits, eye contact, the tone of voice, how you communicated. Oh my word. Talk about being a place of vulnerability, but probably some of the greatest learning that I ever had in, in rapid improvement in just how I was showing up from being able to see, and I haven't thought of that for a while, and I'm glad you brought that up. That is something um, great to do. I do, you know, I videotape all the speeches that I do and parts of some of the workshops I do, and I always go back and look at that now, and there's always something I pick up. I'm like, what was I doing there? I was I was disconnected from the room when I did that. Isn't it? It's. I'm so intrigued with body language and even messaging that we're executing a behavior and we are clueless. We don't know we're doing it. Or the big disconnect of how I feel right now versus probably how I'm coming across. And without that video and audio, it's really hard to do it. 
that's a big part of our work. We, we video and audio record everything when we work with leaders, John. And it's amazing how much those individuals, those leaders will confess, will share that, why hasn't anyone given me this feedback before? I've asked for feedback from my executive team. I had no idea. And it, it's really interesting that it's not about the higher up I climb on the corporate ladder indicates my level of influence because it's not a badge of honor. It's really, I find that top influencers are constantly self-aware of how they're coming across Monday to Monday. And to me, those are the ones that truly have this idea of influence and moving these folks to take action to constantly get those followers. Yeah, and you know, the influence needs to be applied in organizations we're a part of. And Stacy, we define organizations of two or more people with a common purpose. So this could be just a small work team. You can influence your peers. There's a lot of us that are, you know, we're not maybe running the team or leading the team, but we're part of a team or it could be a, a family, a marriage, a ministry. But having a positive influence to move things toward, to build relationships, to build trust, to to get, you know, what we need. We're all there for a reason to get something done and to have to get things done more efficiently, to have more fun, to reduce the stress in that organization, to engage our creativity, our innovation. Those are all really important to be to constantly just keep front of mind isn't it it's true it is true it's it's a level of focus i go back to my earlier comment it's not just the message the message is absolutely critical i'm not saying that's not it there's there's more there than just the message well and i love the idea too circling back to earlier um in our conversation too you talked about think of areas that you're working on and, and coach the people around you about what, what kind of feedback you want specifically. That is really powerful. I was a, a Navy fighter pilot, and when we would uh, brief and debrief after a flight in a mission, there was, we were always very aware of, of skills and, and, and things that we were working on. And we would solicit that. How did I do in this area? Because we, I mean, this was in a combat unit, you you had to be very high functioning in multiple different areas. So you were soliciting the feedback. And also the feedback was very, was at that level of 100% truth. It was candid. And I think sometimes we, we were maybe worried about how, how the other person might feel when we're giving this feedback. But if we truly care about the relationship, we have to give that. We always tell people you have to give 100% of the truth, but you have to do it in love. Uh, but sometimes, you know, stopping at 80% of the truth really does a disservice to the other person because it's that last 20% sometimes is what we really need to hear because mm -hmm. or, or otherwise we don't have anything to work with to improve. It is so true. I, I just had a conversation with a new potential client inquiring us about coming into the organization and working with their top executives. And interesting, John, when we were talking about how we were going to approach them and feedback was a big part of the conversation, videotaping, there's this long pause on the other end of the phone with this potential client. And they came back and said to me, they go, you want to be careful with that because we don't believe in feedback here. And this is a very large company. Instead, we believe that our leaders work hard to get in the position that they're in. And I'm like, the, the, the mindset is so sometimes so different where you're thinking, as a leader, you're the voice, you're so visible in your company, 
plus everything that you do is going to determine what everyone does below you on that chain of command that you should be craving this idea of a leader means that you're constantly learning. And you'd be surprised, John, how many times I, I hear I have that conversation with a new client saying, and you just want to be careful with that. Our leaders don't believe in feedback or they won't want anyone to know that they're getting this training. I'm like, really? Let's change that around, right? And, and let them know, can you imagine if you let your teams know, hey, I'm being video recorded, I'm being coached, what that does positively to your credibility and the trust that they have in you? Yeah, I just, uh, I, I agree with that statement. But, you know, I, uh, for, you know, from the feedback for a, uh, a second, too, I'll ask a large team when I'm working with them, hey, d- do you think all personal feedback is relevant? Is it a yes or no? And I usually get a majority of the room does not think that that's relevant. And I tell them that we believe that all feedback is relevant because, you know, Stacy, if you're giving me some feedback that I'm, I'm just in disagreement of as I'm hearing it, I'm rejecting it. Well, the thing is, though, it's true for you. So there's something I'm doing that this, what I'm doing is hitting you in, in a certain way. So the feedback is, first of all, important to our relationship. Second of all, if I'm doing something that's affecting my influence over you, I need to really maybe think about what that is, why that's happening. So, so, uh, but now, hey, as we wrap up, what are just a kind of a couple final thoughts you'd like to leave with everybody? I think it's why not for this week, Monday to Monday, really do two things. Start audio or video recording yourself. Number two, ask for feedback. And I, I mean constructive feedback. Maybe you're going to go into a conversation and someone that you can trust is going to tell you how it is. And you say to them, I am really trying not to start my sentences with the word so, which is huge filler. Tell me when I do it. I think it's leaving this call, John, and just really thinking about how do I come across what works for me, what doesn't work for me, and what am I willing to commit to for the next 30 days to make sure that I do have the influence that I need to have. There are tons of resources on my website, which is simply my name, S-T-A-C-E-Y-H-A-N-K-E-I-N-C.com. Perfect. So everybody can go there, find more about you, and how, how, also how do they get uh, uh, your book, Influence Redefined? I know it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon, and it's also on our website. Super easy to find. Awesome. So everybody, connect with Stacy. This has just been a, a great interview, um, and I am so in agreement and alignment with what you're just talking about with seeking feedback watching yourself uh even without anybody else there but you'll see things that you'll be like oh wow i do that and it's just ways for us to just make those small incremental improvements i'm just always looking for small step forwards i can take each day and just really thank you for your time and who you are and the work you're doing stacy love it thank you john i appreciate it thank you so much for the opportunity my pleasure have a wonderful day and i look forward to talking to you soon Sounds good. Thank you so much, John. Thanks for listening to Eternal Leadership. Be sure to check the summary of this MP3 for any important links and a link to the show notes for this episode. As I said at the top, this edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Marketplace Rock. Is there something that feels like it's blocking your business? 
The team at Marketplace Rock partners with you in unearthing those things that could be holding you back through intercessory prayer. Just earlier this year, Vicki told me while she was praying, she heard from me to water the seeds. I knew exactly what it meant and got some business out of it. Another time she was praying and accurately described one of our dogs who turned out needed medical attention. John and I can't recommend the team at Marketplace Rock highly enough. In fact, our phone calls with them are the highlight of our week. Visit them online, marketplacerock.com, or listen to either of Amy Everett's past interviews with us, episodes 4 and 66, marketplacerock.com. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership.